Your name is so great. We bless your name, Father. We thank you for this, this time where we can spend in your presence and we can be shaped into, uh, into who you're calling us to be as a people, that we can be crafted to become more like you, that we can resemble Jesus a little bit more. Lord, we pray that as you shape us to be like you, Lord, we pray that you would shape our words. I pray that our words would always speak honor to each other, that our words wouldn't tear down. In James, it talks about the power of our tongue, and it talks about uh, that blessings and cursings. He says it's not right that these would both come out of the same mouth. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us fill our mouth with your words, with your life-giving words. And Lord, we pray that we would recognize the weight of the words that we speak with. We pray that we'd understand, just like, uh, just like in, the, in the Old Testament, there was Isaac giving a blessing to his sons, and, and there's some trickery involved, and he gives the blessing and then the older brother comes in and says, no, that was supposed to be for me. And Isaac says, I, I already spoke it. I already gave it. Lord, I pray that we would recognize the weight of our words. Father, I pray that we would understand um, how much we can speak into a person's life with blessing or with cursing. And I pray that we would, choose we would choose blessing. Lord, I pray that we would put a guard over our mouths, that we'd be careful in how we speak to each other, that we'd always lift up and encourage and build up. Father, we pray that we would um, have the attitude of Christ, like Romans uh, 12 talks about, that we wouldn't think of ourselves too highly, but we would think of ourselves correctly, and that we would be honorable people, that we would treat others with honor. Lord, we know that we don't, we don't treat others the way that they treat us. The Bible doesn't say be honorable unless they're a real stick in the mud or a real stinker pants. The, the Bible is clear. Like we, we honor because we are a people of honor. We honor because God has called us to honor, not because someone else deserved it or didn't deserve it. We honor because that's who he's called us to be. And so, Father, we pray that we would put on the attitude of Christ like a garment, that we would wear something that's honorable, that even when his disciples missed it, Jesus put, wrapped a towel around his waist and he washed their feet. Washed their feet. He showed them incredible honor because of who he was, not because of what they had done. Lord, I pray that you would show us how to, how to honor even the people who have, who have hurt us. Show us how to honor even the people who have taken from us or wronged us. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to honor uh, with our heart, not just with our words. Not that we would slap a, a bless their heart in front of when we say something mean about them. Or, or I used to think that because I called someone Mr. or Mrs., that that gave me license to say whatever else I wanted because I was being respectful. And Lord, help us to understand the condition of our hearts. Father, that it wouldn't just be lip service of honoring. Because you addressed that. You said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far, far from me. Lord, I pray that we would honor you with our hearts, and I pray that we would honor others with our hearts, not just with our words. Even though we would be careful with our words, Lord, I pray that it would go deeper than that. I pray that our hearts would be committed to honoring people. 
that our hearts would be uh, would produce a lifestyle and a culture of honoring others, of preferring other people, of blessing other people. Lord, I pray that you would teach us as a people how to do this, that we wouldn't grieve your heart or grieve your Holy Spirit by the way that we tear each other down. No father wants to, wants to come into a room and find their kids fighting and bickering and, and hurting each other. So Lord, help us to create a, a family environment where we are building each other up and we are laying down our lives for one another. Help us to, to be united with love that the outside world sees it and says, I want to be a part of a family like that. Not a family that's filled with backbiting and infighting, but Lord, I pray that we would, we would set a new standard for what it looks like to honor each other, to prefer each other, to build up each other, to bless each other. Lord, I pray that you'd fill our hearts and our mouths with blessings. In the same way that your character and nature blesses, Lord, I pray that we would put on that character and nature and that we would bless others. Jesus, we thank you. All throughout your word, you've given us instructions, Old Testament and New Testament, that we are called to be a blessing, that we are called to bless others, that we are called to honor because we are honorable, that we're called to, to build others up and not to tear them down that our words are supposed to bring life and not death, and that we're supposed to partner with the life giver to continue to speak life into others and to call out the gold that's inside of them. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Excellent. That was a, that was a prayerful teaching, uh, and that's really kind of how we want to set the tone for tonight. We want to we want to impart some things. We want to uh, bring some revelation, but but we really feel God calling us to, to pray through tonight. That it wouldn't just be a lecture, but that it would be a time for us to engage and to ask God for things. To petition him for things that he wants to give. To petition him for the things that he's been planning on doing. That he wants to find a people that will partner with him and work alongside or, and co-labor with him to, to do. And, and so tonight we are stirred that there are prayers that he is waiting for us to pray. In the same way that, that he hears our words and and, and he takes actions. When, when we bless others, they're blessed. And, and when we curse others, like it's, that's powerful. Our prayers are just as powerful. And so we want to release some prayers tonight to see God begin and continue to do some really incredible things. Excellent. Does that tee you up well enough? All right, come on up. Ah. Uh. My heart's stirred tonight. Um, Dan spoke on Sunday at the end of the service about honor and blessing and not cursing. And, and we're in this time right now where the Lord is just preparing us for what he wants to do. And uh, we're about to see, I feel like, a great outpouring of his presence and there's this, if you think about it, if God wants to pour something out, he wants to prepare a people so that they can steward well what he wants to do. And I believe the things that he's putting on our heart right now is just, it's this, I need you to be aware of this. I need you to know how to operate in this. Because if, if we don't, it can actually quench the spirit. It can, it can stop the move of the Spirit from 
doing what he wants to do. And, uh, and, I, and there's an excitement in my heart. And I, I wrote this in the email. I feel like the Lord is saying in this time that permission is granted. There's a, there's a preparation that we've been in over the past couple of years. We've been kind of moving through this time of, of preparation. And, and it's been just one of one step in front of the other. And we always say we don't exactly know where we're going. I mean, even week to week, a lot of times we don't know exactly what the Lord really wants to lead us into until Thursday or Friday, and sometimes it's Sunday morning. Sometimes we make a complete change on Sunday morning, the direction we're going, and and it's that just that being led by the Spirit. And uh, I always sometimes I question. I'm like, well, Lord, like you could you could show me this a week in advance. Um, or two weeks in advance or six months in advance and we could have this all planned out. But here's the problem is when, you, when you're shown what to do, at least in, in my life and the way I work, is if somebody shows me that, that I'm going to that door, that that's my next kind of job is I need to get to that door, I'm going to go, well, in my mind the fastest way to that door is right up here. And so I'm going to I'm going to now set it in my heart that I'm going to get to that door as quickly as I can. When the Lord's maybe what he wanted to do is he wanted to take me around this way up this thing. I need to meet with those people along the way, come to the back, I'm going to connect with this person and then I'm going to get to that door. And so if I'm led by the Spirit, I'm going to go that direction. And we'd go, why would you do that? Because it doesn't make sense in our mind, because this is the fastest way. And that's why I think a lot of times the Lord doesn't go, I'm leading you to that point. The Lord goes, here's your next step. You're going to step right here. Then you're going to step right here. And eventually, you're going to go all the way around. You're going to meet those people. And then you're going to get to that door. And you might look back and go, Lord, I could have just walked right up here. <laughs> He goes, but I didn't want you to go that way. I had a different plan for you. I had a journey. It's not about the destination. It's never about the destination. It's always about the journey. And sometimes we get so focused on getting to the next point that we actually miss the journey that the Lord has us on. And I feel like this is we're on this journey right now, and we're getting to experience this. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. And sometimes we go... Why do you have to have a three-hour service? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why the Lord's doing what He's doing. But he's, he's, he's doing things, and He's moving in our heart, and He's stirring us, and He's preparing things and setting things. And all we know is the next step. And so for you guys, I just feel like as we're, as we're all on this journey together and we're seeking the Lord, and maybe we're at different places, and... Uh, don't focus so much about the destination, but focus on the journey and ask the Holy Spirit in the, in the times where you're like, well, gosh, it really feels like a struggle right now. Yeah, you might be in the wilderness. There might be things that the Lord's just actually bringing you into. It was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy, to be tempted by Satan.
The Holy Spirit led him in there. And you're like, ah, why would you do that? <laughs> Lead me to the good places. And uh, there's, there's such a lack of understanding that we have on this earth. And our job is never to figure it out. Our job is always to trust in the Lord and to lean on Him and not on our own understanding. So there's a, a word that the Lord gave us. Uh, this was back in 2012. And uh, Graham Cook, actually right on this stage, right here on, in August of 2012, he he released, he's a prophetic man, that um, strong prophetic guy that has uh, just a, a real history of prophecy and, and time with the Lord. And, and he spoke a word over this church and over this region. And uh, it was a powerful word. And, 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 I, and I've been looking at it. We've been praying into it and seeing God, like parts of it. That we're like, oh, I think we're seeing this now. And, but I feel like we're, we're just now. years where we've just kind of been in this time of preparation and and the Lord's saying I was preparing your hearts and I was setting you apart as as my people and I'm and I know we're we're not there we're not like hey we arrived but I feel like there's a there's a purity and a tenderness and uh, and a place that he has set us apart and even in in it's going through this with Marcus earlier today and I was like oh wow some of the things that he actually requires are either in place or we've been pressing into them and we're, we're like right there. But these, just these things about, he goes, I shall require that there's no partisan spirit, uh, but there's a partnership of kingdom-minded people. <laughs> it's a big thing in the church because that partisan spirit is this kind of, this bias, this, this, uh, almost kind of racial kind of position towards other denominations and, uh, and other, uh, other perspectives or something of the church. And so we would go, well, you know, those Baptists or whatever, they're, they don't have it. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, or, you know, or the Lutherans are doing this, and they're, they don't know what they're doing. And we start to speak against them, and it's this partisan spirit which creates division in the church. And uh, we're one body in Christ. And I can say that no one has it figured out. But we all, we all see in part. And, uh, but together, that's the beauty of the church. It's the beauty of the body of Christ. And that we're kingdom-minded people, not, not about our churches. We're about the kingdom. And this is, the, this is a position that the Lord is bringing us into in this season that I, I talk about it a lot, that it's not about the rock. We're not trying to get people into these seats. We're trying to get people into the kingdom. We're trying to disciple and raise people up. We're trying to understand the heart of God and then move in His ways. And, and when we align with Him, when we get into an alignment with His heart, when we get to know His ways and then begin to walk in them, there's a power and an authority that comes. And so what Andrew was talking about tonight is there's a place where we get to when we align and we're in his, we're, 
and we understand His heart, we understand His ways, and we begin to walk Him in them, that now we step into a place of authority. And when we speak, when we declare things, we're actually asking for things that are on His heart already. And so, even as we're going into in, on these Wednesday nights, we feel like uh, these, these up-and-coming Wednesday nights, tonight as we move forward, we want to move into these times of, of seeking the Lord and, and declaring things and asking the Lord for things. I was talking to people tonight, some of the people, and, and uh, like John, and, and he, there's, there's visions and there's things that he showed John about, about the church. Here's the thing. He puts these things on our heart, not so that we just go, wow, that's great. I hope it happens. What he does is he says, I'm aligning you with me, and then now I want you to speak into these things. Now I want you to ask. And he says, and I give you permission. And, and then he says, he says, and it's now permission granted. I give you permission to ask, and now I grant the permission because it's the very desires of my heart. I, I think I read, I can't remember if I read this before or not recently, but... But listen to some of these words. This is the part where he goes, talks about this water level that's rising. And his desire is to build a throne in this place, to make this his home. He says, I'll smile over you and I'll sing over you. And I will say yes to all the longings that I have placed within you. This is when we start to go, God, I feel like I really want to see this happen. I feel like this is your heart. That's a longing that he's placed in there. His answer is yes to these things. But we respond with an amen. We respond with a let it be so, Lord. Would you do it on earth as it is in heaven? It says this. This, was, this is the word. It says, um, I am is with you. And permission is granted. I am saying yes to your families, to your anointing to your upgrade, to your children, to your prodigals, to your inheritance, to your marriages, to your promotions, to your finances, to your blessings, and to the fulfillment of dreams. He says, I give you permission to be bold and to ask of me. He says, to cry out for the waste places. And when I answer you, this is the cool part. He says, when I answer you, it's because I am saying yes to my own desires and my own passions. Heaven has come down. Great joy is being released. His desire, more so than ours, is that heaven would come to earth. It's the very thing that Jesus said, pray these words. Why? Because it's the Father's heart on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So tonight, I want to I wanna spend some time corporately just praying into things, things that are on your heart, and, and we're going to agree with them. And I believe that as we do this, we're going to see God move in powerful ways. I think you're going to see prayer in ways that you haven't understood before, the power of prayer. We've been seeing this where we'll declare things and pray things, and then they happen. And you're like, wow, wow, that's amazing. 
it is amazing, but it shouldn't amaze us because it's actually his word. I, I want to read, though, real quick, and then we're going to dive into this. And I just, even now, just ask the Lord what he's, what he's putting on your heart that we can, that we can agree together. And, and I think these prayers, we're going to keep them kind of at a corporate level. This is not the, not that these are bad, but we're not doing the, I pray for, you know, Jimmy or Joe. <laughs> uh, I used Joe last time, and Joe came up and he said, were you talking about me? <laughs> I was. Uh, this isn't the individual prayers. This is that corporate prayer aligning with the heart of the Father to say, calling these things in. We're calling prodigals in. We're calling marriages to be restored. We're calling, we're calling for the harvest and for there to be, there to be the labors. It says the labors are few. We need to call in the labors in this time. We're calling in the mothers and fathers. We're raising up the next generation. We're asking the Lord to strengthen the next generation, to give them what they need in this time. <laughs> I've got Siri's talking to us. <laughs> um, but let me jump back, just take one step back here. And this, this thing that, that, uh, that Dan talked about on Sunday is critically important because it's the power of our words. It ties to, to prayer but this place of blessing and not cursing, that, that in all we do, we have to be so careful in this time because of the power of prayer, the power of our words, that we do not step into a place of cursing others, even when they come against us. And I was talking to Luna about this. We were just talking about how when there is a revival, when God begins to move, there will be people that come against you. And it's not necessarily going to be the non-believers. It's going to be those in the church. It's going to be those in other churches that, that condemn what, what's happening, that come against it, that speak against it. Every time there's revival, every time there's been a revival, most of the church actually comes against it. The majority of the church actually comes against it. And there's an offense taken by it. That's why the Lord's had us just preparing our heart that we wouldn't have that spirit of offense, that it wouldn't come in, because it does. The, the enemy loves to use it to, to shut things down and to, to drive you away from the very things the Lord's doing, because it doesn't make sense, because we're using our own natural understanding. So here, listen to these words, though. This is so critically important for us in this time. This is 1 Peter 3, and it says, Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. If we're going to see God move, this is critically important. Live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers and sisters. Be compassionate and be humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. I know we've heard these words, but this is so difficult to do because the world would say, as soon as somebody comes against you, well, you have every right to come back against them. Whether it's in person or on Facebook, they blast me, I'm going to blast them. This is not the nature and the character of God. And he has a different way. It's a better way. 
He says this, so don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but repay with blessing because this is to what you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You want to inherit a blessing? Don't curse. Don't insult. We're going to bless those that come against us and curse us. He says this, whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. You must turn from evil and do good. And you must seek peace and pursue it. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. So as we're praying, what is it to be righteous? Part of it is that we bless and that we don't curse. He says his eyes are on the righteous and that his ears are attentive to their prayers. When I pray, I want the Lord to respond. I want to be in alignment with his heart. And, and there's scripture in here. I'm not going to go into it, but there are, there are places that it makes it very clear. The Lord is not attentive to everyone's prayer. He's not. He does not listen to all prayers. He listens to those that are in alignment with his heart. Now, there's a grace, obviously, of the Holy Spirit to walk in his ways, and he empowers us to walk in those ways. But he does require that we do walk in his ways. And then there's a power released, and I believe this is what we're stepping into, is we're, we're tapping into something that is, is beyond natural, it's supernatural, that we're going to see his kingdom come, we're going to see his will be done, his desires, his plans, which will blow your mind, and it can't be done by our own ways. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go beyond anything that you could comprehend. Uh, he says this. He says his, he says his ears are attentive to the prayers of the righteous. But it says, but the, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Part of doing evil is those that, that, uh, that curse and don't bless. So this is not just a good idea. This is something that he actually commands of his people. He says, don't do it. Don't curse. You're going to be a people that bless. He, uh, he says it again in, uh, in, in Matthew. I'm just going to read these words. He says this, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. You want to be a son? You want to be a daughter? Pray for those. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I'll just reference this story. It's a cool story in, in 2 Kings with Elisha. And uh, there's, a, there's his servants with him. And um, it's, it's, uh, there's this enemy that is attacking the Israelites and they keep attacking, and they keep attacking. And, uh, and Elisha keeps getting the word of the Lord about how they're going to attack. And, and they're getting, this army is getting so frustrated 
because they, every time they go to attack, Elisha gets the plans of the enemy from the Lord. And the king of this, of this army, he, he, he's thinking that he's like, who on my, who on my side is telling, Elisha, or telling these guys what's going on? Somebody's got to be giving the plans out. And his men go, look, it's not, it's not us. It's this guy, Elisha. Who, who, who has this relationship with the Lord, and the Lord keeps giving him our plans. And they're like, all right, well, let's take this Elisha guy out. And so they go and they surround, the entire army surrounds Elisha and his servant, two guys. <laughs> they're like, well, we're going to knock these guys out. And the, and the servant is, at this point, a, a little nervous. He's looking around. He sees this entire army surrounding him, and Elisha's like, don't worry. We got this. <laughs> and the servant's like, what are you talking about? We got an army surrounding us. And, uh, and Elisha prays to the Lord, and he goes, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see. And all of a sudden, the servant's eyes are open, and he sees these horses and chariots from heaven, angelic, angelic army, basically, that is surrounding the enemy. And all of a sudden, things change. And I mean, if you imagine if your eyes are open to this and you're like, oh, we're good. <laughs> no problem. Then Elisha says, Lord, blind their eyes. Blind the eyes. So he opens the eyes of the servant. And then he says, Lord, now blind the eyes of this entire army. And the Lord says that he does according to what Elisha asks. Why? Because his ears are attentive to a righteous man, to the prayers of the righteous. He blinds the eyes of this entire army. And then Elisha actually brings them in to the very army that they were trying to attack. He brings them into Samaria and he, right into the, 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 this other army that they're trying to attack, right into their territory. And so now they're surrounded and, the Lord, and, and Elisha says, now open their eyes. And uh, so now they can see what's going on. And the king, the king that's with Elisha goes, do you want me to kill him? Should I kill him now? <laughs> and Elisha's like, nope, don't kill him. You're actually going to feed him. You're going you're gonna to bless them. You're going to give them a large feast. You're going to give them food and drink. And I'm sure the king's going, what? These are the guys that were trying to kill us. But he, he's obedient to what Elisha says. And so they, they have this huge feast, and they feed this, this enemy. They, they give them food and drink. And then it says, and then they send them on to their master. And they go back. And here's the cool part about this. This is an army that was continually trying to attack them. It says, from that point on, that, that army never attacked the Israelites didn't attack him again, and they lived in peace. This goes, this is just a story that goes beyond our understanding. It would have been, you know, in the mindset, even of the king, he's like, oh, we should kill him. We got him all right here. Let's just kill him. And the Lord had a different plan, which is a better plan, which is actually to bless the enemy and watch what happens as things shift just like that. Amazing story. So I just want to pray into this and then because I feel like it is a critical thing that we understand in this season. We're going to, Psalm 23 talks about it. He says that he prepares uh, the table 
in the presence of our enemies. He prepares a, a table. How does it say it? Um, let me just read it so I don't mess it up. He says, uh, he says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I, I believe what that's saying is actually that that the Lord actually, when we come into a place of loving our enemies and blessing our enemies, He actually brings us into a place where we sit and dine with them. And the Lord begins to shift things and our enemies actually become our friends. It's those Saul to Paul type of conversions where Jesus says, why are you, why are you cursing me? Why are you coming against me? And this is the man that now writes half the New Testament. The Lord is going to use a lot of our enemies to actually as, like, turn things, and they'll be the ones that actually fight with us, that are going to go after the kingdom. So be very careful who we curse. <laughs> Don't be very careful. Don't curse anyone. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Don't curse, just bless. So I'm going to pray into this. Lord, I thank you right now this place of honor that you're calling us into, this place of blessing, this place of, of being very careful to, to speak words of life and not death, that we don't repay evil for evil or insult for insult, but that we would bless so that we can receive your blessings, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're teaching us how to walk in a place of honor, that we honor no matter what, we love no matter what. We love our enemies. We love those who persecute us. We love those who curse us and come against us. Because it's your nature and your character, and it's how we become your children. It's how we walk as children of the Most High. So, Lord, teach us these ways. They're so critically important in this season. In the midst of a world right now that is, oh, there's so much slander and cursing and insults. Lord, we are not those people. It says that we'll be known by our love for others as we speak life and not death, as we bless and not curse. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for this season that you're bringing us into as we've prepared our hearts, as we've stepped into this alignment Lord, I thank you that in this place of alignment, you say, ask of me, and I give you permission, and permission is granted. Lord, I thank you that your ears are attentive to our words in this time. I thank you that our hearts are aligned with your heart. Continue to align our hearts with your heart in a place of, of humility that we would be so dependent upon you, upon your spirit, that we would not walk according to our own ways, our own thoughts, that we would not use our own wisdom, but you, Lord, you confound the wisdom of the wise. So, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And as we pray tonight, Lord, I thank you that there are going to be answered prayers. I thank you that you've put things on our heart, and now is the time. This is the season where we declare your things, the things that are on your heart, the desires of your heart. We call heaven down to earth. We say, Lord, let your will be done right now in Castle Rock, in this church, across Colorado, that we would see a revival come, that we would see the harvest. We would be aware of the harvest, and we would say, yes, Lord, we will be those. Here am I. Send me in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So let's do this. We're going to just, we're just going to, we're going to pray. We're going to declare things. We're going to speak truth. Ooh, I love it when Papa does things like this. As soon as Andrew began speaking, he gave me this. And I'm going to read it first, and then I am going to declare it over all of us. This is us. This is a word for today. I've been back there doing this, going, I, I got to do this. Jeremiah 15, starting at verse 16. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became for me a joy and a delight of my heart. For I have been called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not sit in the circle of the merrymakers, nor did I exult, because of your hand upon me I sat alone. For you filled me with indignation. Why has my pain been perpetual and my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Will you indeed be to me like a deceptive stream with water that is unreliable? Listen to the if-then. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, then I will restore you. Before me you will stand. And if you extract the precious from the worthless, you will become my spokesman. They, for their part, may turn to you, but as for you, you must not turn to them. Then I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. And though they fight against you, they will not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. So I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grasp of the violent. Father, thank you that we are returning. And this is a group of returnees. We're returning to you in so many ways we can't count. We're like exiles coming back into your land. We're like exiles coming back into your hand. We have repented from the things that haven't worked. We have repented from the things that didn't work because they were not your ways. They were ways that we maybe learned growing up that we got from somewhere. And we thought that doing this and with you would bring about what we wanted. And we've been frustrated. And the frustration is good because that's your hand upon us. So, Father, the season is changing and we can see a change. We have returned. And now we, as your people, are extracting the precious from the worthless. We speak life into death. We speak how you see people into their lives rather than how they see themselves or rather how others have seen them. We extract the precious from the worthless. And Father, turn this loose in Jesus' name over this entire congregation that we would be spokesmen that know how to take the worthless and to turn from it and speak the precious and how to reach into a life and extract the precious that's there the son or daughter of you, this child of the Most High who has wandered away, that we have been called and we are going to them with words of life to rescue them from the hand of death, words of life to rescue them from the snare of the devil who's held them captive to do his will, 
We are your spokesmen. And as your spokesmen, ambassadors of your kingdom, we speak life wherever we go. Hold our tongues from speaking death. Cover our lips. Set a guard over our mouths so nothing that's deathly, that carries death with it, can even come out. Have us hold our speech. And Father, we turn to you and we say, you are holding our speech. You have given us this ability to speak life into deadly situations. And by doing that, we know we are aligned with you and that we become your spokespeople. They can turn to us, but we can't turn to them. So Father, I declare a steady path for this body in pursuing you, a steady path in speaking for you, a steady path in being your spokespeople, a steady path where we don't turn to them, but they turn to us, because on this steady path, we evidence you so much that people want you. They might not even be attracted to us, but people want you because they see you in us. Your goodness and mercy pursue us like hunting dogs through our lives. You're a good, good father. Shine through us in such a way that people are attracted to you. We don't want them to be attracted to us. We want them to be attracted to you. We want them to see you in what we do. We want to make the invisible God visible. We want to make your kingdom visible by making you visible. For where you are, there your will is done. And as we do this, we will be a body, and we are a body, that shows forth your light. And when people try to undo what we're doing, they can't because we're a wall of bronze. They can't prevail over us because you're with us. And you will save us, you have saved us, and you are saving us, and you are delivering us, you have delivered us, and you will deliver us. And you will redeem us all from anything that comes against us because we are so closely aligned with you. When we speak, others hear your words. When we speak, your kingdom manifests in our presence. When we speak, it's all here. People will look at us and say, this is like reading the book of Acts because that's where we're at, making you visible to those around us in Jesus' name. It's just as you feel led, just come up and pray. We're going to just hit this. And, and here, I want to encourage you in this. This is something that actually Marcus does really well and kind of learned it from him is a lot of times it's it can be hard to engage like we're just kind of we're listening to the prayer but as you almost begin to repeat some of what somebody's saying so as they're as they're praying just begin to repeat those words and pray into those words and it just brings you into that kind of that agreement and that alignment um, so this is not just and we're not just listening to prayers we're actually coming together and we're saying yes to these prayers. We're calling down these things that the Lord's putting on our heart. And together, corporate prayer is so powerful as we just agree as one. It says, where two or more are gathered in this place, there I am in the midst.
So there's that, there's that spiritual just alignment and agreement. And it, and it may be something that you hadn't even thought of, but the Lord will just stir your heart in it. And we're going to agree together in those things and pray into them. I know there's a number of things. So, yeah, come on. Um, so I'm just going to share a quick story first. Um, when I was just a baby Christian um, and I met my very first Christian friend and we were co-workers and we worked at a church and this gal, uh, she would always talk badly about her boss who I knew because we all worked at the same church. And um, so she would just always say things about him, say things about him. And I was just, I mean, a baby Christian. And so um, we would have services on Wednesday nights where we would just pray together. It'd be like just a regular service too, but you know, the staff was supposed to go. And um, so anyway, I saw him coming down this aisle and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to go give him a hug. I was like, I'm not going to give him a hug. Like, you know, I'm thinking about all the stuff about him kind of thing. And um, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to be obedient. I go up and I give him a hug. And when I gave him a hug, I fell under the power of God. And I kept saying over and I was praying, it, it, the, well, I was praying in tongues, I guess. And over and over, I kept saying, Abba, Abba. And then later, um, when I looked at a scripture, um, it said that the peacemakers will be called the sons of God. And how Abba Father, you know, how that's sonship and that's adoption. And, you know, I just want to say we want to be like God. And we want to be called his children. And so if nothing else, do it because you want to be close to him, you know. And, and you know, I think that it, the Bible even says, like, no man can tame the tongue. I get it. Like, I've sinned. And so, but the thing is, is that the Holy Spirit empowers us. And if we would just, you know, go to him and, and every morning, I mean, just be like that, that prayer right there, like put a guard on my lips. Like we can't do it on our own. And if we do screw up, then we just repent and say, hey, God, I'm sorry and help me. And then that realignment just comes again. We just don't want anything to keep us from the presence of God and um, and also just shining that light to other people. And also, you know, kind of like that reap what you, show, what you sow thing. You don't want people talking bad about you either. And we're all imperfect. We all screw up, right? So it's about mercy and love. And so, Father, I just thank you that you are a gracious God, that we don't have to live under condemnation, Lord, but that we have you um, as our example, and we can rely on who you are for us, but also through us. And so, Lord, I just ask for that empowerment, that Holy Spirit flowing through us, those nudges. Um, even if we begin to speak, Lord, would you just in that moment convict us? I always ask you, God, to convict me before because I just hate having to like go back and humble myself. Uh, so, Lord, I just thank you that um, in those times, uh, we just ask for your power and your grace and your love. Um, the Bible talks about how um, 
if we that we, we really can't see God, but that if we love one another, we see God. And love is it covers a multitude of sins, right? It covers. And so, Lord, let us be a people that covers and that loves, um, no matter what. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Yeah, what she was reading or speaking of is First John four twelve. It says. For no one has ever seen God, whoops, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. It's so good. Come on. I'm going to bring the mic to you. A few months ago, uh, my wife and I were talking to Pastor Mike about um, going out and trying to share the gospel a certain way, and he gave us this book by um, Mark Cahill called One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, and one thing you can't do in heaven is reach um, any, more, any more lost. Once they take, take their last breath, that's it. There's no more reaching them. And so um, actually in that book that my wife and I read several times, I'm We've listened to it at least a couple of dozen times, over and over, just in our earpods at work, just over and over, and it's so awesome. And in this book, there's this poem, and I'm going to read what this poem says. It's called Friend. It says, My friend, I stand in judgment now and feel you, or you to blame somehow. On earth I walked with you day by day and never did you point the way. You know the Lord in truth and glory, but never did you tell the story. My knowledge then was very dim. You could have led me safe to him. Though we lived together here on earth, you never told me of the second birth. And now I stand this day condemned because you failed to mention him. You taught me many things, that's true. I called you friend and trusted you. But I learn now that it is too late. You could have, been, you could have kept me from this fate. We walked day by day and talked by night, and yet you showed me not the light. You let me live and love and, and die. You knew I would never live on high. Yes, I called you my friend in life and trusted you through joy and strife. And yet, on coming to this dreadful end, I cannot now call you friend. So it's too late. He took his last breath. He never talked to his best friend or his brother or sister or whoever, his coworker. And so this book has really changed our lives passing out Jesus tracks wherever we go. I got a stack full of million dollars in my pocket that I pass out all the time to as many people as I can. So I just want to pray. Father, we just, we thank you, Lord, for, for being the workers, Lord. We know the harvest is, is plenty, Father, but the workers are few, Lord. So I just pray, Father, as a church, Lord, that we just, we have the burden for others, Father, the compassion for others, Lord, that we want to reach them, Lord Jesus that you bring opportunity to us, Father, daily, Father. Help us to be obedient to your word, Lord, and to, to follow after you, God, and, and teach and show others who you are, Father, not only being a living testimony, but actually talking to them about you, Lord, and who you are. Just bring the boldness to us, Father, to the church, Lord. Help us to, to stand together in unity, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you, Father, for this opportunity to to be able to do this every day, God. So I just pray for the church, God. Give us the boldness, the opportunity, Father, to reach others.
others, Lord. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. So good, Joseph. I just want to add to that. I just pray for each person, every person in this room right now, that even that tomorrow, Lord, there would be an opportunity for each one of us to share your love, for each one of us to, to talk about you and say, I want you to know my Jesus. So, Lord, I just pray, and I pray that you would make it so clear that you would reveal to us that one person that you've, that you've set apart for, for us to be the one to get to partner with you to tell these people about you. So, Lord, would you, and you're going to remind us tomorrow. Thank you that Eve, for every person, you're going to remind us, oh, there's the person. This is the one. And then you, you say this. You say, all we have to do is we just begin to open our mouth. And, Lord, you're the one that fills it. We don't have to have the, the, the whole script. It's, it's good when we have these tools in place and these things, just as Joseph was talking about it. It's great to have those tools, and if you have them, use them just as the Spirit leads. But be led by the Spirit, and it may just be something where you just, you just tell your testimony of your life and how you got to know Jesus. The testimony is powerful, and no one can deny your testimony. <laughs> can't say, well, no, I, that's not true. <laughs> it's your testimony. And so you just say, this is my experience with Jesus. Would you want to know him? So, Lord, I thank you. Just, I just thank you for that opportunity. Just as Joseph was praying, I just felt that there was a stirring that the Lord's like, I want to give everyone an opportunity to share my love, to share about my son, to say, do you want to know this Jesus? He's so good. And he saved me. He can save you. Nothing else in this world can. There's only one way. <laughs> He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So, Father, I thank you that you're, gonna, you're just going to stir the hearts of people. That there will be many that come into the kingdom tomorrow, just from the people in this room right now, for those watching online. Thank you, Jesus. As they were sharing and Steve was sharing, I just been bubbling over in Isaiah 60, 61. I just want to read and I just wanted to declare this over our house. Isaiah 61, the year of the Lord's favor. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us, and the Lord has anointed us to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness from the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes and an oil of joy instead of mourning. So, Lord, I just pray that um, 30 years ago I came here broken, and this was a house of healing for me and my wife. 
And I thank you today. I'm more excited than ever before as we've prayed into and sowed into to seeing revival and seeing you move and experience some of that. Lord, I thank you that the rain, I can smell the rain. I kept coming tonight. I could smell the rain. As I drove in, I was telling Mike, I, I saw the cars, and all of a sudden it was just like I, I heard, remember the prophecies that the, the parking lot was no longer used. The fields were filled with cars and people just drawn and wanting to come to a safe place, a place for healing. It's not about the numbers and it's not about the bigness, but I, I could feel that. And I don't know how many times I've been here in 30 years. I hardly missed a Sunday, but I'm so excited for what I feel what God wants to do. So these words, I just thank you, Lord, that these verses are for us, that this house is to be filled with broken people that will be healed. This is house is to be open, is going to be um, eyes of the eyes of the blind are going to be opened and a place of refuge, yes. So, Lord, I just decree that, that this place will be filled because it's about people. And even our all of our relationship with you is that we could be your extended hands and feet, Lord. And we just thank you that this house is a house of prayer, is a house of that's safe for people to come to, and a house of healing. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, as I was sitting back there, Mike kind of said something to me about, you know, coming down here and praying. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say. What am I going to say? One thing is, don't tell anybody I'm not wearing boots. <laughs> and forgive me for how I look. I just got off work. But as I was back there, I'm sitting there thinking, and I started asking the Lord. I said, hey. I have so much on my heart that I could talk about. <clears throat> this month, tomorrow, and I, and I don't mean to make this about me, but you just said something about testimony. And that's what I was thinking of back there as I, as I started thinking about my testimony and tomorrow was will mark two sorry two years of uh, of me getting clean <laughs> and that's tomorrow but more importantly tomorrow is is the day that I started realizing that the Lord was actually working in my life um, I didn't realize it was him yet but as I progressed through the last two year and a half of being here I realized wow that 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 was the Lord and I, and I realize that now I had two best friends die um, in this month and one of them's name was Mark and one of them's name was Mike well Mike's wife's name was Christy spelled the exact same way and when I got to the church, you know, I, I, I realized it's Mike and Christy. And it's like everything that I've lost, the Lord has, man, this is so different than how I was planning this back there. Everything that I've lost, the Lord has 
Yeah, restored. Not only restored, he's given back. He's he's doubled. He's tripled. I mean, far beyond. Um, I don't even know where I was going. His will be done. That's all I could think about back there. And you know, as I, as I so I picked up my phone and and uh, for some reason I was thinking in the last days. I was back there thinking, okay, what am I? You know, how do I pray? And I keep thinking, what's been on my heart the past couple of days is we are. We are. We're in the last days, and I'm the. I always hated that term because the way I was raised and the religion I was in, it was always the last days. But you know, the the crazy thing is, is I realize now we are in the last days with, with everything that's going on, with everything that's just insane, and out of whack, completely reversed. So I, I I typed in in the last days, and and Micah four one came up, and it says, but in the last phone went dead. Uh, but in the last days it shall come to pass the the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow unto it. The crazy thing is, is where did the Lord, when I said the Lord's working, where did he put me? <laughs> he put me in the mountains. He put me at this church. He put me with this family. He put me with friends and family that I have, that I have, <laughs> that I have been given back. But above all, he's just, it's his will being done. He, I realize now I can use my testimony because of him. He has given me the ability to see what he has done for me. He's given me the ability to remember all the things he's done for me. And he's given me, he's given me the opportunity to be able to, to tell people, to, to be able to, yeah. So that's my prayer. My prayer, Lord, I'm going to, yeah, my, Lord, thank you for one. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the chance. Thank you. For, I could go on, but Lord, thank you. And I pray that you do this with others. I pray that you not only help me, but help all of us. Help all of us find that wisdom and knowledge and find that peace and find that 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 piece of the puzzle that, that we can maybe connect with others and 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 let them see how good you are let them see how powerful you are let them see how loving and let them see how 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 much you work let them see how when you put when 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 people put you first that your will be done and that your will be done so easily and so 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 I can't even think of the word. Perfect, yeah, perfectly. Thank you, Lord. And I and I do. I, I pray that that you allow us to to express that to others, so others can see the way you work and and the the miracles that you the miracles that you can provide. Because, like I said, it's a miracle I'm here. <laughs> Two years ago, I wouldn't have been here. It's a miracle. And the Lord, you are um, a God of miracles. And thank you, Lord. Amen.
So when uh, Mike was talking about this, so we bless people and not curse them. And, and also when Mimi was talking about her story, about um, uh, the verse I think she shared was probably out of one of Peter's letters where it says, love covers a multitude of sins. And uh, the Lord reminded me of this verse. It's in, well, first of all, you know, obviously Jesus commanded us to love one another. He said, the new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So that's our primary job in the body of Christ is to love our brothers and sisters in the body and also unbelievers outside the body. This verse is uh, Proverbs 17, 9. It says, one who conceals an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. And uh, I know I've been guilty of this for most of my life of just talking about people behind their back, you know, gossiping. Um, and it's funny because when I start to do that now, I hear the Holy Spirit whisper, Steve. What are you doing? Why are you bad-mouthing that person? Even if it's true, it's like we don't need to put someone down. We need to offer them grace. And like this verse says, if we conceal the matter, we're seeking to love them rather than to spread it and separating close friends. And uh, there's another verse. Let me pull it up here. Ephesians 4. I could probably quote it, but I'd rather read it. It's, it's one of my life verses that I need to remember and I and always forget it when I'm talking bad about someone. Um, here it is. It's Ephesians 4, uh, 29. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. But if there's any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that so that it will give grace to those who hear. And the very next verse says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. So when we speak evil, when we gossip, when we talk about people behind their back, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. And I hear the Holy Spirit. I have to catch myself. Sometimes I keep going even when the Holy Spirit's saying, don't do that, don't do that. But hopefully now I'm a little bit better at saying, oh yeah, that's right, God. You don't want me to speak evil of others because it grieves you. So let me just pray into that. And Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for keeping us from evil and keeping us from ourselves so many times. And I just pray you would give us the power um, and the desire not to speak evil of other people, especially our brothers and sisters in your body, because it does grieve you. And Lord, I just pray that um, you would open our eyes to sometimes we um, justify things. We say, well, I'm just speaking the truth about them, or I'm just you know, they deserve it, or 
whatever excuse we have for gossiping and speaking evil, Lord, I just pray that you would open our eyes to uh, that we're actually deceiving ourselves when we say that. And we need to listen closely for your word and we need to obey you when you tell us not to do that. So just again, Lord, we, we have all done that at one time or another, and I, we know it grieves you. So, Lord, please forgive us and help us to be more like you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I just want to just quickly pray. Just, Lord, we just repent for each one of us. We've all done it. We've all spoken evil or insult or against against someone else uh, I think of even my kids like at times where I've 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 spoken against them and out of frustration or something and so Lord we just repent in our heart from just all those things but I thank you that we for the gift of repentance that we can actually come to you Lord, you are the one that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You cleanse us from these things. So, Lord, it's not that we go, oh, no, we did it, and then we turn from you or run from you, but we actually run to you. And, Lord, I thank you for in that place of repentance. You, you heal us and cleanse us from those things. Lord, may your spirit lead us, just as Steve was saying, Lord, that you would lead us by your spirit and catch us even as we begin to open our mouth and say things that are not godly, that are not of you, that are, that are curses and instead of blessing. Lord, help to catch us before we even go there. So, Lord, I thank you for that place of repentance. And that repentance is not just saying we're sorry, but we're actually turning from those ways. We're saying we're not going to do that any longer. We're going to bless from this day forward. So I just declare even over us that we will be a people that will bless. Thank you for your forgiveness for us, that we will be those that as children of God will bless others and not curse them in Jesus' name. Amen. And this flows perfectly with that. What was on my heart is just that, you know, God is love. He, that is the essence of who he is. And he says that they will know we are Christians by our love for one another. And then the Lord says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. And he says, pray for them. And that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly father. So they will know we are God's children because we love each other, because we love God, and because we even love our enemies. And I have a, a friend who wrote a book called Love Your Enemies, and it's been on my heart that, um, that God has given him, and of course it's straight in the word, um, a strategy for us, and he feels very much that loving our enemies is something that God wants to surface and bring to the body of Christ as a as one of the keys to revival and that really bore witness uh, to me and I feel like that's what the Lord wants to say is a key to revival is that we start loving our enemies and honestly I didn't think I had any enemies 
several years ago, and most of you might not have either, but lately it seems like maybe we have some enemies that are trying to kill us or kill babies and kill children and traffic kids. And there's some, maybe some real enemies, it appears. But God's calling us to love them and he's given us a strategy how to love them is by praying for them and that's what my friend did he was in Myanmar and there were drug lords and a whole big story that is for another day but uh, basically God said I want you to start strategically praying for him and he did with all the people that support him said we're going to all pray for him and he was saved and they're now friends and he walks in peace so what he was sharing about Elisha of course triggered all this so I I felt maybe I'll just uh, pray uh, in Luke 6 Um, and if you would join me and just really agree and let's contend for us all in the body of Christ getting a revelation of loving our enemies and praying for them and that this is one of the keys to revival. It's something he really wants us to press into. Hmm. But if you will listen, I say to you, love your enemies and do something wonderful for them in return for their hatred. When someone curses you, bless that person in return. So God, we want to obey you. Teach us how to love our enemies, God. Help us to rise up and truly love our enemies and do something wonderful in return for their hatred, like share the gospel with them. Like in compassion, realize that they didn't, when they were little children, want to grow up to be haters and to do horrible things, but maybe they were abused and they were hurt and they are so messed up now that they don't know anything but hatred. God, I ask that you would help us to see people the way you see them and that you want to deliver them and set them free from the chains that they're in and that you want to give them a new identity as children of God. God, I ask that you would give us your love for these enemies. Anyone that we even half think might be an enemy, God, that that's just a a big flag saying, I've called you to love this one. Lord, when they curse us, help us to bless them in return. When they mistreat us, harass us, help us to accept it as our mission to pray for them. Those who despise us, Help us to serve them and minister to them and reach out to them with your love. If they take away our coat or steal from us, help us give them a gift. Help us ask you for what gift to give them and to give them something real and something that will maybe meet a need in their heart that opens their heart to you, Jesus. When someone comes and they beg, help us to give freely and not with judgment. When things are wrongly taken from us, maybe even jobs, God forbid, that we would not demand from them, but somehow we would find a way to give back, even if that is just praying for them and for their soul, that they would not reap what they have sown, but that you would 
open their eyes and the scales would fall from their eyes and they would come to know you and enter into the refreshing and the hope of, of repentance. Thank you for repentance, God, that a human being can feel so clean afterwards, washed in your blood, and be so set free. Lord, help us know how to treat others, that we would treat them the way you want us to treat them. We love you, Lord. Help us to love our enemies and treat them well, that the world would know that we are true children of the Most High God and make you, Father, famous, for it is your kindness that you have shown us and why we have this kindness and this love in our hearts in the first place. Amen. going to tell a story. I'm just going to pray. Daddy God, I just come to you and I remember I remember some things that you told me and the things that you've put on my heart to pray for. You told me that in the same way, I would not want to marry somebody just to immigrate them to this country. You don't want to marry your church just to immigrate them to heaven. That you desire love and a real relationship that in the same way you desire love and a real relationship. Daddy God, you told me that so many people are trying to marry you to get into heaven, but that you are God and you cannot be mocked and you cannot be deceived, but that they don't know, they don't know you, that you're still going to love them, you're still going to bring them in, and that you are going to woo them to you, God. You said even though they think they're just marrying you for immigration to heaven, God, you are going to woo them to you. You told me, you said, I want my bride back. Now is the time I want my bride back. Daddy God, I just ask that you would right now woo your church back to you. All of those people that are called by your name, all of the people that are called by your name on this earth that maybe aren't known in heaven, God, I ask that you would woo them to be your true bride, God, that they would love you in spirit and in truth, that they would lean into you as the true bridegroom, Father, not as somebody that they could use to get something, not as somebody who could give them a title or citizenship or anything similar to that, God. I just ask that you would do what you've promised. You said if you would return, return to me, not to a church building, not to a book, not to a word. Return to me, you say. You said you cannot do anything apart from me. Oh, God, bring us closer to you. How can we get closer to you? Say if anybody would come after me, you must deny yourself. Father, help us to be a people who deny ourselves, and I ask that you would woo all of your church back to you. First, bring your church back to you. And then once you draw your people into you, then they will draw more people. When you restore, that doesn't mean that you ignore what has died and bring in new life. That means you restore what is already dead first, God. I ask that before you bring in 
all of the throngs of new people, God. First restore what has died. First restore. If a father comes to you and says, God, restore my child, you do not let that child die. Give them a new child and say, look, I've restored them. No, they want what is dead to be restored. I ask that any of the fruit that's fallen off the tree, God, any of the people who are not truly following you, God, that say they are following you, I ask that you would please restore them first and foremost. And as these people come in, God, and as they, as they are revived, God, they will bring in more and more, God. You say that a single kernel on wheat must die. There are about a hundred kernels on a stock of wheat, God. You did not say one stock of wheat should produce a million more kernels. One stock of wheat will produce a hundred kernels, and each of those kernels will produce a hundred more kernels, God. Make each of us one single stock. Help us to truly be alive in you, God. Let us die to ourselves so that each of those kernels will bring a hundred more kernels, God. And those kernels will bring more kernels, God, and that more and more people will come, not by one church, not by one preacher, not by one mega person speaking on television, God, but I ask that each of us recognize that we are that single stock, Father. And I just ask, Daddy God, that you continue to keep your promises and you say, this is the time. Please woo your church back to you, Father. Woo them back to you as you've promised, God. You said, I want my bride back. Bring your bride back, God. Amen. Lord, we thank you that we're in a time. Oh, yeah, Damien, right? You told me to come up. <laughs> I appreciate the encouragement, but my first thought was like, who am I to speak, right? But then God kind of reminded me, I don't need somebody qualified, right? I qualify the call, right? going through some pain for the last few years, sickness. Although I look pretty healthy, it's been painful. But God's taken his place that has drawn me back to him, so I appreciate it. Because I realize what's most important is not the things in life, it's not work. Jesus. I didn't understand that for a long time, but now I get it. People talked about just Jesus, and it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to go work and do life. <sighs> but my body's hit a roadblock, like wall. I couldn't go anymore. But it's been this beautiful time of pain and crying out to God and renewing my faith and knowing him on a deeper level. So when Mike came over and said something to me, encouragement, I was like, Joe, like, what am I going to say? What am I going to talk about? I don't want to talk about my pain, right? But one thing God has been showing me is the body, the people here, the church. We're meant to encourage each other, pray for each other, 
And it's not about me. It's not about the pain. It's about Jesus. <laughs> and I don't know if any of you know who Jocko Wilnick is. He is a Navy SEAL. He talks in this deep voice. He's a man's man. He talks about when things don't go your way, good. And so my whole point of this is in the pain, in the struggles, in the challenges, in the hard things of life, not that God creates those or puts it on you, but good. That brings us back to him. So, Father God, I just thank you for the times and things going on in our lives that bring you back to you. When the music stops, good. And let's pray for everybody to turn back to you, God, and know who you are, Jesus. No matter what kind of pain they're going through, it may not be something you want to go through and walk through, but that you got it. Even if you don't heal, you got it. So I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's that verse. It's that verse, count it all joy when you face trials of many kind, because the testing of your faith develops that perseverance, which brings you in a place of maturity in the Lord. So good. All right, Ray's going to pray, and then I think we're, we're going to close because we're, we're over. So for the last two years, we've just gone through a lot of loss and a lot of shaking and a lot of rocking. And one of my prayers was, I hope we shake well. And then um, I pray that for anybody right now who's being shaken their lives have been turned upside down or they're going through it I pray that we all shake well that we uh, lean on each other that we're here for each other that we're an encouragement for each other and Lord I pray that we rise up in that love that great love that conquers all does not fail and Lord I pray for hope I pray for faith to rise up in us, faith that cannot be quenched, faith that will not let us down. You are the author and finisher of our faith. Let our faith rise up for each challenge, Lord, that we can see into the heavenly realms, that we know that victory is ours no matter the circumstances that surround us or try to engulf us. We walk in victory, we walk in love, and we walk in faith, and we walk in hope, and we walk in joy in spite of it all. Everything that comes up and rises up against us, we dare it and we say we walk in joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I have one last prayer in Paul's words. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him and may the power of the holy spirit continually surround you and your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope in jesus name amen thank you lord 
Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have just to, to come into this place of prayer. And Lord, would you continue to reveal the power of prayer to us, that, Lord, that we're in a place and in a time where you say, ask of me, I give you permission to ask. Lord, I thank you that as we align with you, permission is granted. Lord, I thank you for those effective prayers. You're teaching us how to, how to operate in a place where prayers become effective. Just as Elisha prayed and blinded an entire army, and then he prayed again and their eyes were open. Lord, I thank you that we have effective prayers when we're in alignment with your plans and your purposes. So, Lord, I just bless every person here. Lord, I thank you that the things that were spoken tonight, Lord, I thank you that they don't go unheard. I thank you that these are effective prayers. And I thank you, Lord, that you are granting permission. Lord, I thank you that we're going to see the results of these prayers. And so, Lord, just in that word, I'm just going to close with this and just, Lord, we continue in this place of, of praying for families, Lord. Pray that you would restore families that have been broken. Lord, I pray for an anointing on every person in this place and everyone watching online. Holy Spirit, would you anoint us in this time to do your kingdom work? That our eyes would be set on you and we would have a heart that is, that is set upon your heart to do your will, your plans, your purposes. Lord, I pray for upgrades. I pray for spiritual upgrades. I pray for physical upgrades in this time, in this season. Lord, I pray for our children. Lord, I pray that you would protect our children that you would help us to raise our children in the way that they should go so as when they are old, they will not depart from the ways that you have for them. Lord, I thank you for the next generation that you're raising up. I pray for the prodigals, that they would return. Lord, for those that are, that are maybe far from you, Lord, we say this is the day, Lord, where they're going to return and they're going to come back to you. Lord, I pray for phone calls and things that have, maybe we've been waiting for phone calls for days, weeks, months. Lord, we say today is the day of the return of the prodigals. I thank you, Lord, for our inheritance. Lord, we pray for, for the inheritance, not just a, not just a, not a physical inheritance, but a kingdom inheritance. Lord, as our mind is set on the kingdom, Lord, that we would go after this inheritance that we have, that we're joint heirs with Christ. I pray for marriages to be restored. Lord, I ask that, that in this church and in this area, in this region, Lord, that, that there would be marriages that maybe were right on the tipping point, and Lord, that you would touch those marriages right now. Lord, it is your heart for marriages to be restored. So, Lord, we say, do it. Do that work. We thank you, Lord, for promotions in this time. We thank you for finances. Lord, I thank you just in that place of, of that, that generosity and that heart of giving, Lord, that you are opening up the floodgates in this season. You're pouring out a blessing on your people. Lord, I thank you. You're bringing the wealth of the nations to us, Lord. 
You're bringing it in so that we can, with a great wisdom and understanding, we can use it for your kingdom, Lord. It's not just, it's not for us that we would just be blessed with, with money. No, it's, it's that we would be good stewards of everything that we have. So, Father, we pray for those blessings. And I thank you, Lord. Last thing is the, for the fulfillment of dreams. Lord, dreams that you have placed in people's hearts that maybe they've, they've even lost hope, just as Ray was praying about, about hope being restored. Lord, I pray that you would restore hope for the very things and the dreams that you have placed in people, that you, the plans and the purposes that you have for us. Lord, I pray that, that there would be hope restored and there would be the fulfillment of dreams, the things that you have set in our heart, that it's for this time that we would see those things come to pass. Things that you've stirred up in our heart, that we would say yes, Lord, to those things. Just as you say yes, and we respond with the spoken amen in Christ. Lord, I thank you. These dreams are not accomplished by ourselves, but they are accomplished in Christ. So, Lord, I thank you that we're learning your ways. We're getting to know you in a deeper way so that we can know your ways and we can walk in them. I pray that you would bless every person here. pray that you would give us that, that heart of prayer, that we would be a house, a, 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 uh, an oikos of, of prayer, a family of prayer for the nations, Lord, that we would go after the nations. And I thank you. You said you give us the nations as our inheritance. Lord, ask of me, and I will give you the nations. We're asking you for the nations, Lord. We're asking you for people. We're asking you, we say, bring people into this place that don't know you. Let them come in, just as they've come in in the past. And Like, I don't even know why I'm here. And we say, we do. <laughs> you're here to know this Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I pray your blessing over every person here, over everyone watching online. Lord, I thank you that you're anointing us in this season to do your will. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.